In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this does not really sound like Jesus, does it? I mean, he seems like a jerk, right? And he's ignoring her and, and pushing back and, and, and is offending even. I, what is he doing? Sometimes Jesus pushes us because he wants us to push back. And I think that's what he's doing. He's doing this to the disciples, and I think he's also doing it to this woman. So first, the disciples. He said, I've come only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And if you rewind to Matthew chapter 10, the very first time he sends them out, he tells them, go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So then what is he doing outside of Israel? He's entire inside, and this is like uber-pagan country. What's, what's he doing? In our first reading, Isaiah reminds us that Israel, these are God's chosen people, but chosen for a purpose, for a mission, to be a light to the nations, to call foreigners home, to sort of be like the big brother of the whole human family out there looking for those, those lost siblings. So Jesus was called to lost Israel because, lost, because Israel had lost its call. And he had come to then fulfill that in himself. And you know how this ends, right? So fast forward to the end of Matthew's gospel. Jesus has accomplished his purpose. He's died. He has risen. And then he says to the same disciples, we heard it at the beginning of the baptismal liturgy, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all, all people. So this story has given us like a little sneak peek into where this is all going. Because you see, Israel had lost its call. There was a deep animosity between Jews and essentially everybody else. They hated the Canaanites as, as their enemies, so I think he's pushing his disciples a bit to see if they would, would push back. Maybe, I think, the reason why he's silent at first is because he's waiting to see if they're going to say something. If they maybe jump in with her and say, Jesus, help, help this lady. I've come only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus, are you kidding me? She's just a mom who wants to help her daughter. Come on, help her out. I mean, what if they would have joined in her plea? Isn't that what the church is supposed to do? Aren't we called to plea and to intercede for the needs of the world? If they had done that, they would have pushed in and beyond Jew versus Canaanite into our common humanity, into our common helpless predicament. <laughs> but they're heartless. Send her away. She's a nuisance. Get rid of her. But I don't know about you, but I struggle sometimes also to see the person. I mean, it's really easy to gravitate to people who you know, talk like us and act like us and think like us and vote like us and look like us. Jesus, though, always wants us to see in someone who is different or maybe even difficult, 
this is a person, someone he loves. He has, he has created this person. He has redeemed and died for this person. They are infinitely precious to him, always. Okay, so then here's this woman, and he seems to be pushing her too. In fact, it almost seems like he is torturing her. What is he doing? He wants to give her something more than what she's asking for. Again, what is he doing in pagan Tyre and Sidon? I don't know, but Matthew, according to Matthew, this is the only thing he does there. I mean, right after this, he goes right back to Israel. So maybe the one who was looking to, looking like he was ignoring her, he was actually there looking for her. Play this out with me. What if, after her first request, you know, Jesus, son of David, help me, if, she, if he would have just given in and said, yeah, sure, fine, yeah. goodbye, we'll see you later, and her daughter was healed, or like a bad parent, I think this is kind of what the disciples were suggesting, he just gave her what she wanted to shut her up and make her go away, well, her daughter would have been healed. But he didn't want to stop there. And sometimes that's what we do to Jesus. We come with what we want, and that's all we want. In fact, we use Jesus. Give me what I want, Jesus, so that I can get on with my life. Jesus wants more from you than that. In fact, he wants more for you. And so he pushes, hoping that you'll push back a little bit. This beautiful woman starts from a very humble place. Lord, son of David. She's willing to submit herself to this enemy foreign king. But what, after he was silent, if she would have just felt ignored and neglected and given up? Or after the disciples said, send her away, and Jesus says, I've only come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What if she would have felt rejected? And just walked off. She pushes back. She comes and she falls down at Jesus' feet. And it says, the word there really is, she's worshiping him. Lord, help me. But Jesus pushes even harder. It's not right to take the bread of the children and throw it to the dogs. Jews called Canaanites dogs. By today's standards, we might even say this is a bit racist. The Greek word, it's interesting, it's where we get our English word canine. So Canaanite and canine, they even kind of sound the same. So what if she would have gotten all offended? I'm no dog. You're a jerk. Savior might, and just stormed off. But in this little word dog, Jesus is actually showing her a little morsel and she grabs onto it. You see, that same word is not just this, you know, stray street dog running around barking. No, no, this, this word is actually the word for the household pet. So those of you who are dog lovers, and I know there's a lot of you out there, cat lovers, yeah, never mind. Dog lovers, I want to talk to you tonight. <laughs> oh, you, now I've offended the cat lovers. I'm sorry. <laughs> the dog lovers, you know, how do you feel about your pup? 
So last year, over a year ago, we had to put down our beloved shadow, and Shelly and I said, we are not getting another dog. But the kids, you know, you know how our kids are, and they kept pressing, and oh, please, we want another dog, and especially my little Katie Claire, she's not so little anymore, my Katie Claire, because, well, she might have her dad wrapped around her little finger. Do not tell her I said that. But she's the one who went out and found him, and so we got Duke. Yeah, don't do that. I know he looks cute, but looks are deceiving. He is cray-cray. I want to show you just 18 seconds of life with Duke. Oh, yeah. He's got the zoomies for sure. <laughs> he has, believe it or not, he's actually calmed, that was Friday, by the way. He has actually calmed down a little bit. When we first got him, when we first got him, I would go in our living room was where I do my devotions in the morning. I would sit down on the couch, get my coffee in the morning, and sit down on my couch to pray and meditate, you know. And he would jump up on the couch and get right here in my face like this. <laughs> and I'm like, holding my book, like out here trying to read God's word, you know. You want to play? You want to play? Ah, ah, ah. No, I want to pray. Would you go away? You drive me crazy. Get out of here, dog. This went on every morning. But I love him. Don't tell him that. But he's a part of our family now. I love most of all, of course, my children, but in a weird and different way. I love my pup, too. And I think that's what Jesus was getting at. And she grabbed onto it. Okay, I'll be that dog. I'll be your pet, Jesus. I'll take just the scraps. As long as you are the master. And I'm in your house. And I'm being fed by, from your table. Jesus pushed her so that she would push back. But here's the thing. Jesus ain't going anywhere, right? He stands his ground. So when we push back against him, we're actually pushing into him, into his arms and into his heart. She was no dog. He calls her woman, reminiscent of the first woman that he had created, Eve. Not a dog, a daughter at his table. And he gave her more than scraps. Yes, he healed her daughter, but she got more than a miracle, didn't she? She got him. I love this story, and here's why. Because when we pray, it feels like this sometimes, doesn't it? Like you are praying, and it seems like he's not listening or that you're just wrestling with God, or that he's just sort of messing with you. And sometimes, I don't know if this happened to you when you pray, but like, Lord, are you even listening? Do you even love me? He is, and he does. So keep praying, keep pushing. Speaking of dogs, there's this interesting little anecdote about Martin Luther, whose own little puppy was under his dinner table. And he was there begging for a scrap of food. And Luther looked at his dog and said, Oh, if only I would pray the way my dog watches the meat. That's it. Don't give up. 
even when it seems like he's not listening or that Jesus is messing with you, or maybe it even feels like he's torturing me. Like, Lord, what are you doing? We don't always understand. It is a mystery. But I am here to tell you, whatever Jesus is doing, he is doing it for you. He is doing it because he loves you. So if he pushes you a little bit, push back. Push into him, into his heart. Let's take a moment just of silent prayer. Maybe there's something in your heart right now you just need to push back into, push into his heart.